Welcome to Awake, the bugle call, Reveille. It's the U.S. Army's call to wake up, get ready to face the day, and to prepare for battle. God's clarion call is in Ephesians 5.14. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This call is to Christians who are spiritually asleep and therefore resemble the spiritually dead. The call is to wake up and receive light or revelation from God. The purpose and goal of Awake is to equip you to be an overcomer in the last days, the time immediately prior to the return of Jesus for his church. Ephesians 6, 16-17 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now here is Bill Backaby with a faith lesson for you from the Word of God. Hello, this is Bill Backaby. Welcome to another episode of Awake. Today I want to talk to you about the power of the tongue. Hebrews 11.3 By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The tongue is very powerful because words are very powerful. In the first episode, Awake 001, in the beginning, we learned that the Word, the second member of the Godhead who came to earth as Jesus, the son of the Virgin Mary, recreated the heavens and the earth by the words of his mouth. And God said, I want to talk about that phrase. Genesis 1-3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. In Genesis chapter 1, seven times God said and created things. In Genesis 1, 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, and verse 24, God said and created things. The eighth time God said was in Genesis 1.26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Here God announced his intention to create mankind, and to give mankind ruling authority over all God's creation upon and including the planet Earth. This power was to be manifested the same way that God manifested his creative power through articulate speech. Hebrews 11.3 By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. This is an interesting verse. There's a play on words in the phrase, framed by the word of God. First, the worlds were framed or put together by the word of God, that is, Jesus, in his pre-incarnation persona. Secondly, the worlds were framed by the word of God, speaking the word of God, and God said. That's mind-boggling when you think about it. Everything around you, 
not their current form or shape, but the substances from which they were formed, came into existence by the spoken word. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoken past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Notice that this last passage says that Jesus continues to hold all things together by the word of his power or with a little rearrangement by the power of his word. Obviously, words are very powerful. They're both creative and destructive. I want to talk today, really I want to spend most of the time talking about your words. I want to talk about your words and the impact that they have. But first, are you the man or the woman that God is looking for? Ezekiel 22.30, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. In this passage, Israel is tragically backslidden and away from God. God is searching for a man or a woman, a human being, who will stand in the gap as an intercessor and speak God's word, that is to speak God's will and plans for the nation over the land. God is always looking for a man, a human being, to speak his word over the land because he can't do it. At the creation or recreation of the world, God's seated authority over the world and all its inhabitants to mankind. With the fall of Adam and Eve, Satan usurped that authority. However, mankind, because mankind has citizenship in the world, can still exercise that authority by speaking God's word, by being God's mouthpiece. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist denomination, said, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth except a man pray. Will you be the intercessor that God is looking for? Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Note the power of the tongue that is implied in this verse. It says you can create both life and death by your speech. Then it says you're going to have to live with the creations of your tongue. You're going to have to eat the fruit of your lips. James 3, verses 2 to 12. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, 
wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of men. Out of the same mouth proceed both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear trigs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. This is a long passage, but it contains so much and is so relevant. Understand that James is writing to Christians, to believers, and the first thing that he says is that we all stumble or miss the mark. That is, we sin in many ways. But then he says that if we can control our tongue, we're perfect or mature beings and able to control all the body or our fleshly or sinful nature. Then James tells us that we guide horses by a bit and bridle. A bit puts pressure on the horse's tongue and we guide a ship with a rudder a rudder is a small tongue-shaped appendage below the waterline of a ship. Bottom line, we guide horses and ships with their tongues. The implication is that we set the direction of our lives with our tongues by the words that we speak. Let me say that again. We set the direction of our lives with our tongues by the words that we speak. If you don't like where you are in life, perhaps you should examine what you've been saying, especially what you've been saying about yourself. You see, words are creative. I had a young minister ask for a position on my church staff, and I hired him. I bought him some nicer clothes than what he had and told him how to care for them and how to care for his appearance. He replied to me, I was born poor, I was raised poor, I've always been poor, and I'll always be poor. Then he left me. You know what? Unless he changes his speech, he really will always be poor. Why? He decreed it. The words of his mouth establish his position in life. James continues, the tongue is a fire and sets things on fire. Have you been punched in the nose for the things that you've said? I have. Sometimes I'm a slow learner. My tongue has gotten me punched more than once. Think before you speak. Then James talks about taming animals. He says all kinds of animals can be tamed, but no man can tame the tongue. Actually, with God's help, you can learn to tame the tongue. 
read the book of Proverbs, it talks a lot about the tongue. Speaking of taming animals, at SeaWorld in Los Angeles, I watched an ordinary house cat traverse a rope suspended above a deep pool of seawater that was filled with porpoises. The cat did it upside down. Wow! Talk about taming and training animals. That was, in my estimation, the epitome. James says that the tongue is full of deadly poison. Yes, our tongue can kill us and others. A major cause of suicide is rejection, a feeling of being unloved and unwanted. That's frequently caused by what people say about us. Then James addresses an anomaly. He says we praise God with our tongues and then we turn around and use our tongue to curse men. He says just as that no well can dispense both fresh and salt water, neither should our tongue dispense both blessing and cursing. I had a lawyer in my church. I led him to the Lord when he was age 74. About 20 years later, he stood before the congregation and said, I've learned one thing from Pastor Bill. If I say I'm sick, I'm sick. Let me tell you about how the lawyer died. He had a friend who owned a condominium at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. At age 97, he and the friend were at the beach. They ate breakfast, went for a walk on the beach, and returning to the condominium, the lawyer pushed the elevator button and passed on into heaven. What a way to go. He left without a final sickness. He was with friends, doing what he enjoyed. As the late Zig Ziglar used to say, whether you say I can or you say I can't, you're right either way. The most significant thing that can happen to a human being on earth, salvation, comes about by words. Deuteronomy 30.19 I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. God's will is that every man, woman, and child that is born into this earth be redeemed from the curse and have eternal life. But God said it's your choice, your choice. 1 John 5.13 These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. God wants you to know that eternal life, that is life in heaven with God, is available to you, and that you choose it by the words of your mouth. I'm going to give you some biblical examples. Joshua chapter 2 verses 8 to 11. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all of the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. 
for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Dead Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. This is Rahab the prostitute speaking. She, a prostitute, is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She was not a Jew. She was a despised heathen Canaanite. She got into the lineage of Jesus by the words that she spoke. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Here's another example. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you, for wherever you go I will go, and wherever you lodge I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. This is Ruth speaking. She was also a despised heathen, a Moabite, from a nation that worshipped false gods. She also is in the lineage of Jesus Christ because of her words. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. This scripture is talking about tribulation saints who will be in heaven because of the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Understand that all human beings who go to heaven go for the same two reasons. Jesus died for them and us and the words that they or we speak about Jesus Christ. There's another testimony of a man redeemed to heaven by his words. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. There were two thieves crucified alongside Jesus. One of the thieves mocked and blasphemed Jesus. The second thief recognized Jesus as a righteous man and acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah, the heir to King David's throne. Jesus accepted the man's confession or testimony as a salvation prayer and decreed that the man would go to paradise which is now in heaven with Jesus. Matthew twelve thirty seven, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus said your words will reward or punish you. 
That is, if you're speaking the right words, you'll be rewarded. If you're speaking the wrong words, stop, change what you're speaking, and speak correct, godly things about yourself, your family, and your life. Find scriptures that speak what you want in life and speak those. I'll give you a few possibilities of things that you can declare and the scriptural authority for doing so. I can do it. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have energy and ambition. Colossians 1.27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed one is in you. You have his strength and his ability. I have a sharp mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I realize that I'm taking this a little bit out of context, but it will still serve as a point of reference for our faith. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You have the wisdom of Christ. I am healed, 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. My strength and vigor are being renewed like the eagles. Isaiah 40:31 But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint cut off the power of satan in your life by binding and rebuking him Luke 10:19 Behold I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In Scripture, Satan is often referred to as that old serpent, and God has given you ability and power to walk all over him. Matthew sixteen nineteen, And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. You have the authority to bind or restrict the activities of Satan and his demons in your life and over the lives of your family. The bottom line is this. Use your God-given power of speech and the authority delegated to you by God to direct the trajectory of your life. Matthew 17:20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Obey Jesus, and use your tongue to move some mountains or obstacles out of your path.
Jesus asked in Luke 18, 8, When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Friend, if you are not sure if you are saved, you can be sure. You can change or ensure your eternal destiny by repenting. That means turning toward God and declaring it with your mouth. Just pray along with me. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. He was crucified for my transgressions. He was buried, and God raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed this from your heart, your eternal destiny is in heaven. Awake is an outreach of Bill Backaby Ministries and the Word of Grace Church, a 501c3 organization. Again, our goal here at Awake is to help ensure that Jesus will find faith on the earth when he returns. Help us by telling your friends and relatives and neighbors, saved and unsaved, to join us on Awake.